Oxford. This is my third visit to this chapter. <coughs> I'd like to read verses 1 and 2 to start with, just again to give us the context, and then we'll look at the verses later on in the chapter that I'm going to focus on tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verses 1 and 2. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord, uh, the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Just ask the Lord to bless our time. Father, we do thank you uh, for our Bible. We thank you that it is a Bible. Uh, Lord, it's a roadmap for life. Uh, Father, we, we know that it tells the story of eternity and how we uh, can be sure of heaven when we die. Uh, but we thank you also that it is a prophetic book. And uh, Father, there are prophecies uh, that, uh, Lord, when we know all of the facts and all of the word of God teaches that there are prophecies that can amaze us, which show us that this is indeed your book. I pray, Father, that you help us to understand as we work through the scriptures. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, tonight is going to be about Bible study and doctrine. <clears throat> now, if you can get an application from this, uh, could you tell me after? Okay, and I'll put it on the end in case I preach this message again. But this is really about basically about doctrine. In my mini-series mini uh, on Moses the prophet, uh, we uh, last saw that Moses predicted what I called the declension or the, de the spiritual decline of the nation of Israel before they'd even got into the land. Have a look in verse 25. We see the declension. Deuteronomy 4 verse 25. When thou shalt beget children and children's children and shall have remained long in the land and shall corrupt yourselves and make a graven image or the likeness of anything and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger. Moses prophesied that Israel would one day fall into apostasy. He doesn't say if this happens then something else will happen. He basically says this is going to happen. And he also prophesied that because of that, God would remove the people from the land and scatter them among the nations, what I've called their dispersion. So have a look in verse 26 to 28, their dispersion. I call heaven and earth to witness against you, verse 26, this day, that ye shall soon utterly perish from off the land, whereunto ye go over Jordan to possess it. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be left few in number among the heathen, whither the Lord shall lead you. And there ye shall serve gods and work the work of men's hands, wood and stone, neither uh, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. And so here we read that because of their uh, <clears throat> declension, uh, they, God would disperse them among the nations. He would destroy the people in the land 
and he would scatter the people to the nations around about. Uh, then we, we learned, this is last time we were in this chapter, we learned that because God is merciful, after a period of time he would deliver Israel from those nations and allow them to return to the promised land. And we see the deliverance in verses 29 to 31. But if from thence, that's in those other nations, thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thine heart and with all thy soul, when thou art in tribulation and all these things that come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, thou shalt be and shall be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee, nor destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of their fathers which he sware unto them. And so having seen the declension, and because of that, the dispersion, God said, because he's a merciful God, if they in those other nations call upon him, there will be a deliverance and a return to the land. So Moses gave this prophecy before the Israelites had even entered the land. They were on uh, the east bank of the Jordan, waiting for the command to go over the Jordan. But 800 years after this prophecy, we saw the prophecy was fulfilled in the Babylonian captivity and the subsequent return to the land. And that was really what I shared in my last message. But what I want to contend tonight that is that this prophecy wasn't just about the Babylonian captivity. That's, for us, that's ancient history. There are two expressions in verse 30 that make me think that this prophecy goes beyond Judah's return from Babylon and even goes into our future. Two expressions that make me think that this, there is another application for this prophecy. Now, the first phrase that grabs the attention that you've probably already seen it yourself <coughs> in verse 30 is where it says in the latter days in the latter days now I would tell you what the Hebrew word is but I can't pronounce it <laughs> but I'm going to share how this Hebrew word is translated in other places so keep your little marker in there Deuteronomy 4 just go with me to, Deut to Genesis chapter 49 and verse 1 <coughs> How was this word translated latter, translated elsewhere? Genesis 49, verse 1. I think it's good for you to see it yourself uh, in the Bible. Genesis 49, verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. There's that unpronounceable Hebrew word. The word that is translated latter, in Deuteronomy 4, is translated last uh, in this verse. In fact, nine times in the Old Testament, this word is translated last or last end. And so the latter days could be the last days. Have a look in Numbers chapter 24. Numbers chapter 24, seeing we're, we're over there that way. Numbers 24 verse 20. That's not the verse. <coughs> um, <coughs> hmm? 
कैसे कहते थे The latter days of Deuteronomy 4.30 is really a reference to the last days or the end days. Isaiah 2.2 uh, uses this, uh, this word. It says that it shall come to pass in the last days. Uh, in Micah 4.1, uh, but in the last days it shall come to pass. So if we go back to our Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30 and replace the word latter with the word last, it gives us a, probably a better picture of what is in view here. Uh, Deuteronomy 4.30 says, When thou art in tribulation and all these things that come upon thee, even in the last days, the last days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, it shall be obedient to his voice, etc., etc. I think Moses was pointing to the last days or the end time or to a, a last days or end time event. So the first phrase that gets our you know, attention is the word, the phrase in the latter days. I think that's talking about the end days, the last days. The second uh, phrase <coughs> that gets grabs our attention in verse 30 is where it says, when, it's right at the beginning, when thou art in tribulation. When thou art in tribulation. The Hebrew word for tribulation here uh, it's translated variously in the Old Testament, but among the translations, the word trouble or the word distress. In 2 Samuel 22, 7, David said, In my distress, that's the same word for tribulation, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried uh, to my God and did hear my voice out of his temple and my cry did enter into his ears. So Moses prophesied that tribulation or distress would come upon Israel in the last days because of God's chastisement for their rebellion. So if you put these two thoughts together, this seems to be an end time prophecy. Just as in the days of the Babylonian captivity, <coughs> because of Israel's declension, there will be a latter day dispersion and another deliverance. And return to the land. This return will come about after a terrible time of tribulation. Now this seems to be what Daniel was told about too. Have a look in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel 10, <clears throat> and if we had time to read, you know, this passage, you'll see that Daniel was stunned 
it seemed, by the prophecy he had just received in chapter 9. And if you know your Bible, you'll know that was a very significant prophecy. That was the prophecy about the 70 weeks that would be determined upon Daniel's people. And so Daniel received that visit from the angel who told him uh, about those events, the 70 weeks that would be determined on his people, which are the, the Jews. Now, Daniel was, was overcome by that prophecy that he just received, so God sent an angel to comfort him, um, to comfort him about what he'd been already told and to give him another unsettling prophecy. And in verse 14 of chapter 10, this angel told Daniel what these prophecies were all about. And so in Daniel chapter 10, verse 14, we read, the angel says, Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter or last days, for yet the vision is for many days. The events that he was being told about were for the latter days, the last days. The prophecy was about Daniel's people, thy people, the Jews, and what would befall them in the latter days, the last days. Now, the prophecy that he was given goes uh, through chapter 10, right through chapter 11, and uh, it's very detailed and very extensive. And if you do Bible college, you have to go through every verse and explain every little last thing. The kings of the north and the kings of the south, the Ptolemies and the Seleucids, it's all there in amazing detail, the prophecy. Years, hundreds of years before it happened. So it was a very extensive and detailed prophecy. Um, but uh, we have to go to Daniel chapter 12, right at the end of that prophecy, to find out what's going to happen in the end. After all these things happened to Israel, uh, what's going to happen in the end? Well, chapter 12, verses 1 to 4, and at that time... And that time's the time, well, if you go to chapter 11, you'll see there's one of the prophecies about the Antichrist. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble. There's our word, such as was never since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people, thy people, Israel, the Jews, shall be delivered. That's our word. Everyone that shall be found in the, written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and, uh, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they, that and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even in the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. In verse 1 here, at the end of this pro long prophecy that was given to Daniel about what would befall his people in the latter times, right at the end, there, uh, he was told that there's going to be a time of trouble for Daniel's people, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. This is going to be unprecedented trouble or tribulation. Notice also in verse 1 that at that time his people will be delivered. Those who call upon the Lord or live righteously, they will be delivered, everyone that is found written in the book. 
Verse 4 informs us that this won't occur until the time of the end. So, this is what Daniel was told. There will be an unprecedented time of trouble for Israel. It will occur at the time of the end, in the last days, just before the resurrection of the dead. That's what verse 2 is saying. The time of trouble, and at the end of the time of trouble, some will be resurrected to life, some to death. And after that time of trouble, Daniel was told that those of his people whose names were in God's book will be delivered. That means saved. Now, this all agrees with what Jesus also told us and what Moses had predicted, a latter time, time of trouble, where there would be uh, a declension and where there would be uh, a um, <laughs> dispersal, dispersion and a deliverance. And this is what Jesus also told us. So we know that this is something that was future to him. So have a look in Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23. Moses predicted it. Daniel predicted it. Moses, uh, Matthew chapter 23. Verses 37 and 38. This is uh, the Lord Jesus, uh, and uh, he's come as Israel's king, but he's not filled by all the, uh, the false worship of the people. Uh, he sees the city and he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stones them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? And ye would not, but your house is left desolate. Jesus is reporting here about the declension amongst his people in his first, at his first com- coming. The nation of Israel had apostatized yet again and the proof was obvious that they had they'd killed the prophets, Jesus said. <clears throat> and the last of the prophets was John the Baptist and the king of Israel had cut his head off. And now the religious leaders of Israel were about to murder the son of God. So, this is all evidence of their spiritual declension. So once again, because of their unbelief, God was going to remove his people from the land of promise. And Jesus knew that it was going to happen. So what about the dispersion? You see, Jesus pointed out the declension. What about the dispersion? Let's go to Luke, the Gospel of Luke in chapter 19. Jesus predicted that there would be another dispersion of the people from the land. Luke chapter 19, verses 38 and 39. Here we read the Lord Jesus coming in on the, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And the people were saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. <clears throat> that was the halal that they were singing, believing that Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah. And some of the Pharisees from among the, pe- the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if, if they should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. 
But, as I said, he wasn't fooled. He knew the people's hearts were in unbelief. Verse 41, And when he was come near, he beheld the city, and he wept over it, saying, If thou hast known even thou at, le at least in this thy day the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee round about, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay siege even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave the, in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. So the Lord Jesus wasn't fooled by the accolades of the people. He knew that it wasn't long before long because of their declension there would be a dispersion have a look in chapter 21 Luke 21 verse 20 the city would be besieged it would be destroyed verse uh, chapter 21 verse 20 and when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies we know that they would be the Roman armies then know that the desolation thereof is nigh then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains and let them which are in the midst of the, depart out. And it's believed that that's why the church was safe because they believed that the Christians believed what Jesus said when they saw the Romans circling and they did go into the hills of Judea and they were spared. But those who didn't believe in him stayed in the city. And so it says, let them which are in the Judea fly to the mountains and let them which are in the midst of it depart out and let not them that are in the countries and enter it therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. One of those uh, who had written about this was obviously Moses. One who had written about this was Daniel. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that are given suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations in Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Because of their declension, their spiritual unbelief, uh, God was once again going to have to clean them out and scatter them among the nations. Jesus foresaw the destruction of Jerusalem and the scattering of the Jews. And 40 years after this, in AD 70, the city of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Roman armies. The temple was destroyed in the destruction and, and millions of Jews, Jews were killed or million, uh, millions were, were scattered all over the empire. Yeah. Such were the, the numbers taken into slavery. You, you couldn't give away a slave, a Jewish slave in those days. And it was in AD 70, it's just as Jesus predicted, that Israel really then ceased to be a nation for nearly 2,000 years. And now if you're familiar with the history of Israel uh, after the um, destruction of Jerusalem, <coughs> but uh, for hundreds of years, the, the Romans, uh, they, they renamed this region Syria-Palestina, and you might read in the history about the Levant, and so they just virtually consumed that area into Lebanon and Syria. But after the Romans came the Byzantines, which were Romans anyway. Then after the Byzantines were the Arabs, and then the Crusades uh, uh, took control in 1099. 
Uh, and then the Arabs again, and then the Egyptians were in co control for a long while, then the Ottoman Turks from 1517. <clears throat> there was no Israeli or state of Israel for all of those thousands of years. In the 19th century, that's in the 1800s, national awakening among, um, awakening among Jews led to the establishment of the Zionist movie, movement in the diaspora followed by waves of immigration to Ottoman Syria and later British mandate Palestine. But it wasn't until 1947, and some of you were alive in 1947, weren't you? I wasn't. But uh, some of you were alive in 1947. It took that long before Israel to become a nation again. 1947, the United Nations adopted a partition plan for Palestine recommending the creation of an independent Arab and Jewish states and uh, internationalised Jerusalem. And it's still in that way today. They have their various quarters, don't they? The Jewish quarter, the Christian quarter, etc. The plan was accepted by the Jewish agency and rejected by Arab leaders. That's another story. But on the 14th of May, 1948, the day before the expiration of the British mandate, David Ben-Gurion, the head of the Jewish agency, declared the establishment of a Jewish state in Eretz Israel to be known as the State of Israel. There had not been a state of Israel since AD 70. It took that long. They were, the Jews were stateless and they were scattered amongst uh, the nations. <clears throat> so this, this has been a very, had been a very long time of dispersion for the Jewish people. But despite being scattered and being continually persecuted, the Jewish people have kept their identity and their culture. And as predicted by Moses, in the latter days, God will once more deliver his people and place them back into the land. Because of their declension, he has dispersed them. But now we are seeing uh, the, the nation come back into existence and so I believe this is the latter day deliverance you know we are really now in the last days Hebrews 1 1 and 2 says God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds we are really in the last Days. So now, 2,000 years after his first coming, I would suggest that we are in the very last days and that the end must be near because we are seeing the re-emergence of the Israeli state. We are starting to see God bringing back his people to the land of Israel. I read this little uh, a fact, according to the, this group called the Diaspora Affairs Ministry, statistics, their statistics, there are currently 14.4 million Jews in the world, with 6.3 million in Israel, and the rest spread over the globe. So God has kept a remnant, and some of them are coming back to the land. Now, there has to be a remnant 
for God to fulfill his promises to the fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Israel. God has never fulfilled all of the promises he made to the fathers, the patriarchs. So there has to be a remnant uh, for him to fulfill his promises. So some already are coming back into the land, but as yet they haven't come back to the Lord. Uh, they despise uh, the name of Jesus, uh, but they, God is bringing them back into the land so that he can fulfill his promises to them. But as Moses prophesied, there is a restoration of the nation of Israel occurring in the last days, but the nation has to be purified. He has to, God has to sort the sheep out from the goats. He has to sort those out, to those who are willing to believe and to be found in the book. And the way he'll do that is through the tribulation in the latter days. God is bringing them back into the land uh, to deliver them, their people and to, to fulfil his promises to them. But to do that, he's got to purify them and he'll do them that by this latter-day tribulation. And uh, Jesus told us that too. Have a look in Matthew 24. Matthew 24 and verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, second coming, and of the end of the world. We're looking at the latter day tribulation, the last day's tribulation. So the, obviously the Lord had been telling the disciples about this and they wanted to know what the signs of that would be. Now, we could spend a lot of time in it, but let's just go to cut to the chase because we're just trying to find the fulfilment of Moses' prophecy. So let's have a look in verse 21 to 24. Verses 21 to 24, it's still read in my Bible, so this is Jesus speaking. Verse 21 says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time known, nor ever shall be. And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that he, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Jesus said at the end of the world, because this is what the disciples asked about, at the end of the world there shall be great tribulation. And he says, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor no, nor ever shall be. Now what does that sound like? That sounds like Daniel's prophecy in Daniel chapter 12. It's almost exactly the same words. He prophesied that before the, uh, the um, resurrection of the dead, there will be this terrible time of tribulation such as had never been happened before, has happened before. This was this time of great tribulation that Jesus spoke about. This was Daniel's 70th week, and I'm relying on you to know all about that. Daniel's 70th week, it's that seven-year tribulation period uh, that Pastor Crockett has taken us through so uh, carefully. Uh, this is that time of trouble. 
Uh, we know that that's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's a time when God will sift and sort the nation of Israel. He's already bringing them into the land, but there will be a time of great tribulation so that God can prepare the people to go back into the land under the king and he can fulfill all of his promises. This great this seven-year period, tribulation period, we know, will begin with the removal of the church at the rapture. And Jesus told us what would happen after the tribulation. Have a look in verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give a light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Jesus said immediately after the tribulation of that time, Jesus will return as king. In the last days, after Israel has been purified in the great tribulation, Jesus will return to earth. But what will be his mandate? What will he, be, what will he, will he return to do? Well, according to Moses' prophecy, after the latter-day tribulation, if the Jewish people seek the Lord with all their heart, Moses said, God won't forget the covenant of the fathers which he swear unto them. For the Lord thy God is merciful, for he will not forsake thee, nor neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which he swore unto thee. He's coming back after that seven-year tribulation period. Jesus is coming back again to fulfill his promises to the fathers, to the Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. And so the last passage I'd like you to look at is Romans chapter 11, because this is really says exactly the same thing. Romans chapter 11, verse 26. Romans 11 and verse 26. When we read verse 25, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, unless you should be wise in your own conceits, the blindness in part is happened to Israel. That's, they're still blind to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. And they will be blind to that fact until the fullness of the Gentiles be coming, which is exactly what Jesus said would happen. And so, after the times of the Gentiles, when the fullness of the Gentiles come in, and so all Israel shall be saved. These are the people who will have come through the tribulation period. Uh, there will be many of those Jews will have taken the mark of the beast and they will be destroyed with him. But all those who are found in the book, all those who are waiting for Messiah, they shall see him whom they uh, crucified, pierced. And they will be saved. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer. We're talking about the deliverance of God's people and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob for this is my covenant this is my agreement unto them my promise when I shall take away their sins as concerning the gospel that's in Paul's day and our day today they are enemies for your sakes but as touching the election that is God choosing Israel the elect nation they are beloved why why does God love Israel why are they beloved well, because of the fathers, 
not because of them, uh, they hate Jesus. They'll spit at the name of Jesus. But because of the fathers, they are the elect nation and God will fulfill all of his promises. As touching the election, they are beloved for the father's sakes, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The f- uh, the Jewish people, when Jesus comes, will finally return to the land and uh, that will be during the millennium uh, and Christ will reign in Zion. And when he reigns in Zion, in Israel, God will not forget what he's promised to the fathers. And so, Moses' prophecy all those years ago on the banks of the Jordan River was completely accurate. There will be a latter-day declension, a latter-day dispersion, and after a time of great tribulation, there will be a latter-day deliverance and uh, bringing people, the people back into the land. And, uh, you know, we are privileged today uh, to witness all of this unfolding in the nation of Israel. If we were uh, living 100 years or 200 years ago or 500 years or 1,000 years ago, the thought that of Israel becoming a nation in the land again would have been preposterous. Maybe that was why all those wrong and false views of the millennium, amillennialism and uh, all those sort of, perhaps why people made up those, uh, those false doctrines because there was no Israel in the land. But we have the blessing of seeing it all happen, unfolding before our eyes. We can read our newspapers and read about what's happening in Israel and what God is doing. Once At the moment, they are enemies of the gospel. But when Christ comes, well, after the tribulation, when Christ comes, they will return to the land and they will hail Jesus as king and they will receive all the, the, the benefits of the promises. And so, what Moses predicted was true. It's going to happen, um, just as it's happened before. And every time we read things like this, it strengthens our confidence in the word of God that this is a miraculous book. I trust it has for you tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for <clears throat> just the reminder tonight of the, of the things that we believe about Israel and your second coming and, uh, Lord, the um, promises that have still yet to be fulfilled and about the tribulation and the millennium. These, these aren't just things that somebody made up a few hundred years ago. Moses predicted them. Uh, Lord, long ago, even before the people were in the land, Daniel was shown about them many years later. And, uh, Father, we know that Jesus told us very clearly about what was to happen. Father, we do thank you that we can see uh, this uh, plan of yours for Israel unfolding before us. And I pray that it might help us, Lord, to be confident, always have confidence in your word. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.